You are listening to the Ascension Roundtable podcast, your go-to podcast for Catholic ministry shop talk. Episode 19, Is Your Work Just a Job? An interview with Jake Samore. Jake Samore worked as a rocket scientist. He lived in a big house and he drove a nice car. So why did he give it all up to take a job in Catholic ministry? 25 years later, he tells that story. Stay tuned to hear Jake give you the advice he wishes he'd gotten when he was just starting out in Catholic ministry. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I am back in studio today with our producer, Marisa, and on the line with my friend and colleague, Tom McCabe, and Jake Samore calling in from Wichita, Kansas. Only thing I know about Wichita, Kansas is from one of my favorite movies, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, where they go through. Mm, yes. And uh, that's really all I know about Wichita. I'm wondering if it's really like that or not. I guess we'll ask him. But uh, I'm excited about today because... Uh, Jake Samore left the corporate world to go into ministry, working for the church. He is right now, he's the current director of, sorry, current director of marriage and family um, in Wichita. He's also a former rocket scientist and former friend, no, no, sorry, still a friend of Tom McCabe. (laughs) Former is probably a better way of saying it. That's right. You You guys go way back, right? We do go back a few years, don't we, Jake? Yes, about more than 20, I think. But I think I met your parents first. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's in the, I'm not sure what that means. What does that mean exactly? It, it means I know he, he means I should have stopped there. <laughs> <laughs> good job, good job. I'll yeah, grant you that. Yeah, no, one. it's uh, it's it's a it's it's uh, it's always been great. Our our friendship has grown over the years, even though we've been uh, apart, uh, lived apart for many. Many years. I don't know. When did you leave Colorado, Tom? Um, in 2004, actually. So, yeah, it has been a few. Um, yeah. But even before that, I think you may have been gone. Well, you were in the seminary, right? And so mm-hmm. um, we didn't see each other much then. But I want to tell you a few more things about this um, uh, this notorious character that we've got <laughs> on here, Alan, because I mean, it really is a treat. Um, I think Jake has so, so much to share with us. We actually met when I was in, at St. Francis Cabrini uh, Parish as the director of youth ministry there, which was the Columbine Parish. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the parish closest to the Columbine School where the shooting occurred. And we're actually going to record Jim Beckman uh, uh, actually tomorrow uh, to talk about that. So that'll be a, an interesting piece. But um, Jake, yeah, I think I was the director there when you came in and you, you started off as a uh, part of my uh, youth ministry team, if I recall. Um, and you were the, uh, Jake was the, actually one of the, is it, it's a mechanical engineer or are you something? Uh, well, what, yeah, what, I have a, I had a master's in mechanical engineering, and but I was working for uh, Martin Marietta, which yeah. uh, during that time it became Lockheed Martin. But um, yeah, you know, I had, the reason why I came to you, it was, it was really at the, at the request of my mom. My mom said, I want I you gone, to be more like him, Jake. That's no, no, said. she didn't say that at all. She, I had gone through a, I had gone through a breakup. I, I had broken up with my, my fiance. Actually, she broke up the engagement and I was pretty, I was in dire straits. I, I really was down in my life. I had started to come back to my faith and that, then that happened. So my mom suggested, you know, 
go over there and maybe you know you can occupy your time when you're not working at you know your your job uh, to do some other things and so i came to you and you you uh you got on your knees and and uh <laughs> and uh thanked me for volunteering <laughs> that's I the actually... only time i've been able to do that <laughs> I actually did. I do recall that. Yes. Oh, so yeah, it's awesome. So I mean, to give you before we jump right into everything, Alan. I mean, uh, just yeah, little teasers there is that you know uh, he was working as a uh, a rocket scientist, and uh, we got him to leave that and uh, you know the the nice career, the high paying job to serve the church, and he's never looked back. You know, once he put his hand to the plow, uh, Jake has moved forward uh, with all of that. So it's quite a story. He actually grew up in El Salvador. You moved here when you were 14, if I recall. Was that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And didn't speak a lick of English, but I've taught him a few things over the years. Spent <laughs> a stint in the seminary. Uh, you studied at the John Paul II Institute. You were, were a missionary for a little while in, in uh, Mexico. Uh, the director of marriage and family in San Antonio, if I recall, for about yep. six years, if I recall. And now you're in Wichita with your lovely bride, Ramey. And your brood of children, is that right? Yeah, five and one on the way. Wow, congratulations. Uh, yeah, uh, a boy and four girls. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a, uh, quite a journey. God, God never ceases to be more generous than I ever can be mm. in every situation. And so every blessing that I have is, you know, is, is so much more a hundredfold than what I, what I give. And so it's a... Uh, it's been quite a journey. I'm excited. So, to, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. No, I, I, I'm like you, Alan. I am excited too. I, I, today we wanted to talk to Jake about, you know, treating your job whether, uh, as a uh, as a calling, right? Uh, you know, and not uh, not just a uh, work, right? And how to know when to move on from a job, and how to know whether you know this is really a, a calling, and also maybe creating balance in in that whole thing. So, uh, I'm presuming you'd be able to talk on that, Jake. Um, I'm hoping I can give uh, a few pointers of what's uh, from my own experience in my own life and and uh, things that I've gone through, ups and downs in ministry and uh, so many ex- uh, so many different situations. Uh, but yeah, sure, I'm I'm hoping to share all some of that knowledge with you. I love it. Let's do that. We'll take a break. You guys stay with us, and we'll be right back with some more Jake. Hey guys, this is Shayna from Ascension. I don't know if you've heard, but with Ascension's new digital delivery platform, you can start a study with anyone, anywhere. Here's how to do it. First, go to ascensionpress.com and create a free online account. Once you're there, preview any of our study programs for free and choose the one you'd like to leave. Then, find at least three friends, family members, or coworkers who want to do the study with you. Once you have your group, make sure everyone registers to receive their study materials. Then, you're ready to go. Meet with your group in person, online, or both. It's that simple. All right, and welcome back. So Jake Samore once had the plush life living, working in corporate America. And uh, before he left to go to work for the church, obviously that was not for monetary advancement. That was for other reasons. Um, so I'm excited that you're on the show today and can talk to us about that. We have a lot of our listeners. I'm sure Tom told you that uh, our listeners are people who work in the church um, as professional um, 
church workers, DREs, youth ministers, directors of family and life, the diocese, the parish, campuses, um, volunteering, um, all those types of people. So there's probably somebody out there who is a volunteer currently and feels that little tug on his heart who is making uh, money working in the secular world, but maybe feels the calling to good work for the church. So I'd love to hear your story, just how you uh, how you started that second career going from the secular world, business world to working for the church. Thanks, Alan. As I mentioned uh, before, uh, I started volunteering my time because I was in this uh, complex situation uh, downtown in my life. And one of the first things I remember uh, that I heard in, in a voice from the Lord asking me is, uh, can you love me as you love this person that had broken my heart, my fiance? Can you, are you willing to offer everything and give up everything as you were willing to do that for her? And, and that's something that struck me. And for the first time in my life, I, I felt like I was uh, beginning to consider what was really what does God really want in my life? I know I was almost 30 years old, but that's, that's the question that had become the most important question in my life. And so I began to discern. Uh, and so even, even though I was, born, I was still working at Lockheed uh, Martin, uh, I was discerning. And in the process of discerning and visiting seminaries, visiting um, through, through the friendships that I formed, visiting Steubenville University, Franciscan University, uh, all that led me to continue to to think about what it would be like to 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 be doing what I what I was loving more and more. I was falling in love with ministry, and even though I still had this great job, that that uh, that desire to give of myself in that way uh, continued. And that's when Tom uh, had gone from working at a parish to being the youth uh, director at the Archdiocese of Denver, and. Uh, after uh, after uh, Archbishop Shapu had had uh, approved a position for a, a coordinator of Hispanic Youth Ministry, um, he came to me at a retreat. We were, we happened to be at a leaders retreat together, and he at Camp Saint Malo, as a matter of fact, uh, it doesn't it doesn't any longer exist. But he said, I think you know you would be great for that position. I thought he was joking, as you know. <laughs> Tom always jokes. I was <laughs> right, joking, Tom? but he took it seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I came to find out later that he was joking, but he didn't tell me that until I had taken the job. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But really, seriously, I, I didn't. I didn't think about it uh, right away. I just. I just let that lie and 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 continue to do my work and volunteer. But about three or four months later, he actually called me and he said, "You know that the." the the interview process is going to be in a couple of weeks. Are you are you interested? Are you going to apply? And it was a decision. I, I figured, you know, look, and I I remember exactly. I was a, I was in I was at uh, Cape Canaveral. Uh, I was at a meeting. I used to go to Cape Canaveral at the Air Force Base there uh, for lunch uh, for lunches uh, uh, for for the rocket the Titan rocket. We used to launch the rocket there, and I remember praying about it and even getting out of the car and looking, leaving, I was leaving Florida and I figured this might be the last time I come here. And yeah, I, I just want to flesh it out a little bit more. Sure. Why? I mean, why you, you were, I remember going to your house. I remember envying you in a good sense. You know I mean? Like I, I see, I see your awesome house. I see you're, you're, you're this young bachelor. You've got money. You've got everything. 
he had this nice truck, little truck that I'd never own. All I had were beat up cars. Uh, <laughs> and so, but I, I looked and, but you made this decision to give all this up. Uh, why? Tom, I, I really, you know, in, in the end, it came down to what was more fulfilling in my life. And, um, as, as beautiful and as, and sometimes I still miss those moments of being part of this, being in the launch room and, 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 and watching those rockets, uh, go up and, and, and having successful, uh, launches, you know, it's, it, that was not as fulfilling as when I was working with young people. It was not as fulfilling when I was, as, as when I was, uh, sharing my, my testimony. Uh, when I, when I got a chance to, to sit down with, with a young person and tell them about, you know, something about my life that could, that maybe could, could connect with them and make a difference in their life. That to me was more fulfilling that, than anything else that I was doing. You know, it's interesting as I'm listening to you tell the story and this might get edited out because I'm not sure how relevant it is or not, but um, I grew up in Florida and I was never a rocket scientist, but um, it's cool, you know, like watching the, 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 uh, the shuttles come back when there was a shuttle program and land yeah. and hearing the sonic boom. And, and so to think of you sitting in the, the launch room and watching the rockets take off, like that's cool. It's like a lot of, a lot of little boys dreams, you know, to be in that, yeah. to be in that spot. And so as much as we know in our head, that what's fulfilling for us is working for the Lord and is building the kingdom and not those, um, not the stuff that we can get from quote unquote the world that it has to offer. It's like we know that in our heads, especially now that we've all been doing this for a while. But yet some for some reason when we hear a story like that, we still go, Really? Like you really you left like your boyhood right. dream to go be poor and work for the church and like spread the gospel? It's like, you know, it's like of course, of course you did. You know, like I get that. I I have a similar a similar story in that I was working in the corporate world and left to go into youth ministry and, um, and took, you know, a huge pay cut. Um, but it still is like still somewhat surprising. It just shows how as much as I try to live in the world, but not of it, there's still a portion of me that, that Satan's just grabbing at me and going, yeah, but don't you want to watch rocket take off? Don't you want yeah. the cool car? Don't you want the, this and the, that and all that stuff. But it's like, no, at the end of the day, what's really satisfying is working for Jesus. Man. And so and, true. And there's a leap of faith, right? At, at, in the end, you know, that's why I hesitated when Tom asked the question, because bottom line, you you have to take that step. You have to get out of the boat. Mm. And and if there's uncertainties, where even though you feel that that's what you should do, and that there's days when you don't think that you should do that. Um, and that continues even after you take that step, because you got to <laughs> you got to stay afloat. So sorry, Tom, I didn't I thought you were. Gonna no, say no. Something. No, that's cool because what you said there is, you know, it's not that you don't doubt later on. It's sort of like those of us who are parents after you have a child, like, oh, this <laughs> child is so good. I never want to give up this child, but I got to do diaper duty tonight, right? I, I got to do right. this. Is that? And it's tough. It's heartbreaking. It's full of tears and and anguish and anger and you, you name it. But you're like. But it's so good, right? That's right. right? That's right. Yep. There, yeah. there ultimately really is no comparison. I'm sure that's what you've experienced too, Alan, having left your career, right, in the secular world and, and coming to work for the church. Yeah, totally. And and, and But for Jake, I think it's a, a bigger leap because for me, I wasn't going to work with you where he was going to work with you, which seems to be like an even bigger leap to step out of the boat. I'm just like, not only did you step out of the boat, but Thank there you, were like Alan, big you're waves. the first person to actually get that for the first time. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> 
Yeah, I get the job at the archdiocese, and Tom leaves three months later. He goes back to the, to the parish work. And, uh, yeah, th- it, there was a lot of uh, talk about uh, doubting yourself and doubting what you did. Um, and, and that's continued over the 20 years since that happened uh, when I took that job. It's, uh, there's so many times when I thought of going back and, or, or, or taking another job or, or leaving where I'm at. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's something, as many of, as all of you know, and those that are listening, uh, sometimes, you know, not sometimes, the devil is alive and well within the church, in the church structure. Uh, there's there's uh, there's difficulties. He he he's always trying to discourage those that have taken that step to work. And many of us know that the pay is not that great. And there's always the grass is you know the grass is always greener everywhere else than the church at times, and it feels that way. So it's a it's a it's an everyday keeping uh, focused on, like Tom said, being being convinced that the Lord has called you and, and, and keeping that and surrounding yourself with a, a good spiritual director and good, good friends that can support you and, 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 and challenge you and, and, and can be, can yeah. be of, uh, of, of support to you. Well, you know, Alan, maybe when we can come back, it would be worthwhile to ask Jake, like, you know, is his, is his work a job or is it a calling? And how do you know the difference right between yeah. those? I love it. Let's do that. We'll take a break. You guys stay with us and we'll be right back with some more Jake. Hi, this is Father Mike Schmitz. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. All right, welcome back. So, Jake, you mentioned that when you were working for the church, how it was a leap of faith to begin with, but it didn't end there, how you continued to kind of struggle and pray about whether or not this was the right move for you and um, and so forth going on. So I'd love to hear you just kind of unpack that a little bit for us and expand on that. And how do you discern uh, if it's time to move on? How did you know that, that you weren't being called back to uh, the secular life, how you were being called to stay in the church ministry? Um, and then also, you can answer this as two questions, or we can come ask you, I can ask you again, how do you know if your job, what's the difference, I should say, in your job being a job versus a calling? Those are excellent questions, and I'm going to give it my best shot to try to answer with my own experience. The first thing I want to say is, I, I'll never forget um, Jim Beckman, who was the youth minister at Cabrini, at St. Francis Cabrini in Littleton, Colorado. Uh, something he he said uh, when uh, when I was debating whether I should take this job uh, at the Archdiocese of Denver, he he said most mo- most uh, youth ministers last about six to nine months before they burn out, and I never forgot that. Unless he says you are um, you are centered in prayer, you you're discerning, you're always discerning what God's will is in your life, and so that and so that you you know if you're praying and you got God at the center of your life, you know, when those obstacles come, uh, when those bumps on the road, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit that's holding you, uh, and, and, and you go through those bumps and you're not really, uh, you know, getting too burned out or, or at least uh, too discouraged. 
uh, as I mentioned before. So I, I believe it's been, it's not that I've always been strong in my prayer life, not that I've always had the perfect spiritual director. I've gone through uh, a, a, good, uh, a good number of them because I've lived in different places. Uh, but God has always been faithful. And, and I always look for the, that, the way that God has always revealed his purposes to me. Uh, and he always, to me, and I know that he does it differently for, for other people, but to me, he always does it in that silence of my heart. When I, fi- when I find a place, whether it's in front of the Blessed Sacrament, or, uh, you know, am I, on, am I on top of a mountain, or I'm in a place where there's some, uh, you know, just some, some silence. And uh, God is always, uh, I felt God calling me always to continue on. And he's always provided for. He's always, he's always giving me that, that desire to, to, to keep going. If I were 20 years ago, if I would have said this is where I'd be and this is what I would be doing, I would be saying, you're crazy. There's no way. <laughs> and so uh, allowing God to work, it, really, there is no you know, great equation that you're going to try to figure out to, to, to you know, God is going to do it. And again, I, I think that the best thing to do is that the, the best thing to think about is, you know, God doesn't uh, call the qualified. He qualifies the chosen, right? Mm-hmm. The called. Uh, and that was uh, in the reading today as I went to Mass. Uh, you know, God, it's God's work. It's not, we can't take credit for any of it. And it's when we let God be in the driving seat, the driver's seat, that it, things go well. And not that I've done that very well. I've, I've taken control in my life and I've crashed many times, but, uh, you know, I always try to let God drive. Hmm. That makes sense. I don't know about you, Alan, but uh, I think, uh, I mean, just simple, good, simple advice, like, being clear on your purpose and and keeping that in the forefront of you and maybe keep testing it. Okay, here's what I'm here's what I what God's calling me to. Understand the calling, but then go into relationship with Christ, right? And I mean, I, I so for me, I, I certainly try to stay in that prayer life to uh, to stay grounded. And then in my relationship with my wife, staying grounded because she always makes me she keeps my feet on the ground, right? Uh, through all of that, but I, I would probably contend you're probably similar. Yeah, absolutely. Um, having people in your you know, life that you totally trust and can tell you what's love you enough to love you more than the relationship they have with you. That makes sense. And another thing is, and, and you have to have good discernment to be able to tell the difference, but if you have no obstacles, if everything is clear as day and you know, you know, then maybe you're not doing what God is asking you to do. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, God puts those obstacles to continue to test your commitment and love for him. Uh, I've been questioning uh, my decisions that I made, especially, you know, since leaving my job. And I've been questioning my, you know, in my decisions when I went into the seminary. My own parents could not understand what I was doing. And so that, you know, those were roadblocks that people saying, what are you doing? And But I keep a picture here in my office of a couple who was on the brinks of on the brink of divorce, and just last last year they 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 renewed their vows and they were actually married in the church for the first time because she came into the church. So that couple is now part of my advisory council, mm. and they're helping in the parish. And I have a picture there because they invited me to that wedding that they had, where they well they they recommitted themselves. 25 years later, uh, where there was almost, like I said, a brink of divorce. And if it, 
that's that's precisely the 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 reason why it doesn't matter how many rockets we launched, you know, so many years ago. This is the this is the reason why I do what I do and why I feel called by God. Wow. So it's um gosh, there's so many things I want to like ask you about and talk to you about. And we have such little time. Um, sure. How do you, you mentioned earlier when Jim Beckman said to you that most most youth ministers burn out in six to nine months? How have you um, avoided that? Avoided burnout in your life and in ministry, being with it now for a number of years. Yeah, it's um I think it's it's by the grace of God. Um, first and foremost, always if if. If, if God is not the one that's providing the the motor, the fuel behind the motor that it required for the motor to run, you know, that love runs out. The love runs out of, of, of the, for the ministry, for the people that you work with. I think God uh, also, you know, put me through so many d- different experiences in my life um, that, you know, if I, it's almost like a, it's almost like if I don't, if I can't, if I could do whatever I did before, what's going to prevent me from not being able to do what I do now? And so I think it's more of a, a determination, you know, and, and that sometimes it, it's, it, people can look at that and even say it's, it's a stubbornness, but it's a stubbornness for God and, and his purposes, you know, and, and I really believe that that's, that's what kept, uh, keeps me going. Um, and as I said before, uh, it's those people that you have touched, you know, if, if, it, if it isn't for, it's, it's not great numbers. It's not like I'm giving, it's not when I talk to people and there's a hundred or 200 or a thousand people there. It's those simple uh, moments where you are able to touch the lives of, of individuals. Yeah. I think there's so many things that we could each probably say, like what's, what's enabled us to stay the course uh, which would be good for our listeners. Like each of us has different different things that we do. I'm sure, Alan, you have different things. Um, one of the things that I've done to avoid burnout, and um, I've certainly come close a few times, um, but one of them is praying really deliberately and intently for those that I'm serving, right? All of a sudden, uh, not just praying for myself, but when I start, again, getting off of my own pity party or my worries or whatever, but I start praying for that that soul, that person right in front of me. So, you know, in the mornings, I'm just focusing, Lord, just thank you for these youth. Thank you. Bless. You know, I, I just ask you to, to be with Johnny, be with Chrissy or whoever it is. And then, you know, whether I'm a teacher or whatever it is, that's one thing that's really, really helped me to stay the course. Number one, number two, huge danger for all of us. It's probably been a danger for each of you is not keeping balance. Oh man. Uh, it's so easy for me to, uh, to uh, forget uh, my family and forget others because I'm, I'm helping somebody, right? And uh, so it's the danger of giving too much, in a sense, to the church and not balancing my life out. So once I started putting balance, making sure I, I at times I set, I can never get ministry out of my life, but you know, you, you, set, you, set, you set it aside so when I go home, I'm attentive to my family, I enjoy leisure, all those sort of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. I wake up every day and say, okay, I'm a son of God first. I'm a, a husband second. I mean, a father, no, a husband second, a father third, and then at the time, youth minister fourth, and then so on and so on. And just to try and keep that perspective every day was like, was crucial for me to understand that's, that was my, I'm a son of God first, and what does he want out of my life? Because like we talked about in the beginning, like that's where the fulfillment's going to be. And if that's what I ultimately want, 
and to keep doing his will. And I think what you said earlier, Jake, was huge about the fact that he'll put obstacles in your path. Almost to like, it's like if, when you look at it like it's an obstacle not to, to derail mm-hmm. you, but to continue the perseverance to show, like if you don't mm-hmm. have obstacles to think, are you really doing, is it too easy? Because God wants you to grow and God wants you right on the edge, if not always outside of your comfort zone. So if there are no obstacles, then are you really doing what he wants you to do? You know, that's a, that's a, that's a good point, I think. I don't know. Just thinking mm-hmm. back, it makes me think back in my life and just like different, different times and moments of where I was just ready to throw in the towel, like you said, Tom. And then um, God would go, ah, just wanted to see what you were doing, you know, and kind of get, <laughs> throw me a little bone there, here and there, you know, or like affirmations and things and, and prayer. And, and again, once I got, you know, with marriage, it's always kind of making those decisions with, with her, you know, as far as, and especially for you, Jake, having moving around the country, that's, those mm-hmm. are big decisions. Like you got to you know, make those as a family. So, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's all, it's also, I I think in the end is believing that God is still at work in our lives today. Um, You know, and always, you know, there's a saying in Spanish where this, you know, el hombre propone y Dios dispone. God, what man proposes and God disposes God. And so we keep proposing to God where you're going. Here I am, Lord. And this is where I think you're moving me. Uh, show me the way, uh, guide me. If I'm going the wrong direction, yeah. help me to to change. Yeah. And always being open to whatever God wants to do. It even today, if God would want me to uh, do something else uh, or or whatever it is, I'm. Uh, you know, a friend of mine always used to say, you know, what Abraham said, right? Here, Lord, ready, ready, Lord, I'm ready to go. Mm. You know, and God has sent me, and in, in different places and. God has always been faithful, so I I'm, I have no doubt that people that are maybe struggling out there in the, in their in their in their ministry and uh, you know always always be trusting that God God provides and God will give you different answers. Amen. All right, so before we close out, three quick let's call them three rapid fire questions for you. Sure. Number one, what's one thing you wish you had known starting off in ministry? Something you know now that you wish you'd have known then. I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I would have known how how difficult it was going to be. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I would have known that uh, that you know that Christ's words to to his apostles are are, are real and they remain real. Uh, but maybe maybe in a sense I, I I would I'm glad that I didn't. I love it. Okay. Question number two: If you're new in a position, whether it's campus, parish. Diocesan, whatever you're in, new in a position in church ministry. What's your number one tip for getting started? I would say try to. I know this is going to sound really, really way abstract, but try to work on having a Catholic worldview. Mm. Mm, good. Yeah, it almost sounds like a like a no brainer, but um, that's essential. So, can you can you expand on that a little yeah. bit in case our listeners aren't sure what you mean? Sure. We we live in a in a country, as much as we love our country and we love living here, that was founded by Protestant uh, values. And a lot of times our, especially the more we have taken God out of the, out of the culture, uh, it's really difficult for us Catholics to be authentically Catholic. Mm. I'll just leave it at that. All right. If anybody hears and wants to get a hold of me, we can talk more about that. <laughs> we'll forward all the emails that come in. We'll forward them all to you, Jake. 
All right. And no, but it's it's real. It's it's a it's a real you know it, going to the Jampo II Institute for Studies of Marriage and Family, which really also try first and foremost tries to provide to those that go to school there uh, a Catholic worldview with a. a, a an integral vision of what it means to be a human being. Mm. Um, that That is something that it's really key for anybody that's in ministry. And what a blessing that you're able to go to go there and learn from uh, man, yes. the great te- yeah, greatest teacher right now. All right, number three, what's your favorite Bible verse? Uh, my favorite Bible verse is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered men's mind. What God has prepared for those who love Him. Wow, mm. that's good stuff. Good stuff is right. If you hang on, God will rock your world. And I think a lot of times, you know, I and I'm not saying that people are not called out of ministry or maybe to move on. Uh, but I once heard uh, a great priest. His name is Father Stan Fortuna. Mm. He is uh, he is a Franciscan of the Renewal in the Bronx, and he says we we moderns have no staying power. We do not, you know, we, we a storm comes and we we go with the storm instead of having our anchor and staying put to see what God has in store. Father Stan Fortuna is kind of known for um, his yeah. rapping. He's got a couple of um, yes, right. albums, I think, is yep. what these records they used to call them. DVD or right. CDs, I think. They were, CDs back yeah. in the day. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We got anything else, Tom? No, hey Jake, it's always it's always an honor and a blast to to speak with you. So I, I, we really appreciate you being on, and we look forward to having you on again. I, I I'm thankful for the opportunity, Tom, and any time. Yeah, this was this was great, Jake. I I really enjoyed um, the conversation, and look forward to having you back on the show. That's great, Alan. Good to good to meet you, and good to speak with you for a few minutes here. Yep, you too. All right, so that's going to do it for our show today. Quick shout out to one of our avid fans and listeners, uh, Liz Kinch, who happens to live right here in Philadelphia and um, looks forward to the episode um, weekly. At least that's what she says. And uh, as always, you can reach out to us and leave us a comment at ascensionpresents.com slash podcasts, or you can send us an email at ascensionroundtable at ascensionpress.com. And please rate and review us. It helps listeners find us on iTunes. And as always, we're praying for you guys. Have an awesome week, and we'll talk to you next time. Peace.